0: This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well, that we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening. you season two. Today's guest is Sean Clors. Coach Kloris is the head coach of the men's program at the City College of New York. We talked today about how we need to keep adapting and keep changing to get better. How we should continue to grow at what we're good at and what we love. He also tells us a real touching story about how his brother's battle with leukemia impacted him. I hope you enjoy this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm really excited for our conversation.
0: Coach Klorz, I really do appreciate you coming on, especially right now at this time. I know things are, you know, obviously uncertain. Uh, however, in speaking with you previously, uh, it seems like you've got some things, you've got some ducks in a row, and uh, that's really good. That's great, man, to, to kind of have a game plan of what you want to do for the future and what you're doing in the present to prepare for the future. So that's great, man. So here again, thank you for coming on.
1: Sure. Um, cer- certainly it's a, it's a different time than, than any of us have experienced or anticipated um, before, especially being in New York City, where unfortunately the, the virus has been spreading a bit. So all of our students, all of our players have been – taking classes online for about the past few weeks and have basically been staying at home, whether it's in their apartments or, or their homes. So um, just trying to stay in touch with guys and and keep them in some sort of routine um, where they can be productive is important, but we're all trying to navigate this as best we can because it's something we haven't experienced before. So definitely some new information coming every day and, and we're just hoping that it ends sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, no, I have that same hope and uh i'm sure i mean <laughs> supposedly we're a very civilized society so i think in that civility and all that uh innovation that's out there we'll we'll find a way to get something done so i'm just yeah very optimistic about the future at this point so coach i'm going to start off like i do every podcast in that how were you introduced to the game of basketball
1: so I was probably introduced when I was about four four or five years old. Um, my family wasn't very big into athletics, but my older brother, who's about three years older than me, he grew to love basketball. So I always, you know, when you're, you're a kid and, you, and you're following your older brother or sister, you, you always want to do everything that, that they're doing. So I just started to get involved in, um, you know, whether it was shooting around in the driveway, started to get involved with with CYO, but really I got involved because my brother was doing it. It was that simple. So, um, you know, that's, that's where I got introduced to it. And then things kind of went from there. I started playing I started playing, um, pick up, you know, with, with our neighbors who were out all the time and, you know, then eventually got into CYO and rec and it started going from there. But yeah, it was really that simple. We had a hoop in the driveway and, and my dad and my brother, sometimes we'd shoot outside, but he was into it, so
0: so I was gonna follow and do the same thing. Yeah. You know, it's that's kind of that was the progression that I went through. Started with CYO. I mean, I played I was playing Pop Warner football. Then one day somebody says, Hey, can you play basketball as well as you play football? I said, No. Never played basketball in my life, but uh let's give it a shot. And then all of a sudden this passion and you just the competitiveness of it. And uh so yeah, see that CYO start. That that CYO start was not just for my playing it was also for my coaching. I started coaching CYO. That was, so I have a lot of love for the Catholic youth organization, man, a lot of love for them because they, uh, they do some good stuff for kids. And then also for coaches like myself who needed some experience and, and they were, they were, they were good enough to let me, you know, be a part of their program. And so, yeah, love CYO, man. Love it. Uh, coach, what was your experience as a player? Like how did, how did, you know, you come to play the game and, you learned to love the game. How was that experience for you?
1: Um, so, so I just to, to preface, I was never a very good player. Um, I was, yeah. I was okay, yeah. but um, you know, my brother, my brother was always a better player, and he kind of paved the way. He started to get into AAU and um, started to get involved with with high school. But um, I don't think I realized how much work needed to go into being a really good player until I got to high school. So I showed up, um, I went to a private high school, Chaminade high school in in Long Island here. And, you know, I showed up to tryouts thinking they were going to be a breeze and I'd find a way into the team. And I showed up and there were about 125 guys ready for, for tryouts. Um, so I realized, I realized very, very quickly, um, that I was nowhere near in, in the top tier of the guys in the gym. So that's, that's what really started, to get me more involved in trying to be a player and um really trying to develop the work ethic uh, like i told you my, my family wasn't very involved athletically so i i didn't have a lot of experience with aau or or travel so i found out about all of those things pretty late and you know i worked my way onto to being a practice player and that's how i got involved with coaching and, and started to love it But I think a lot of the reason I got into coaching was because um, I wanted to make sure that, you know, other players in the future um, maybe recognize some of the opportunities or, or recognize what they had to do to be really good players Um, a little bit earlier than I did when I was growing up, but I always loved it. I enjoyed it. Um, You know, being able to play with, with uh, the people in the neighborhood and my brother and on CYO teams and rec teams and, I started playing AAU a lot later. I, I always enjoyed it, but um, I never was a good player. never played a high school minute, never played a college, um, just got right into coaching after after I finished high school and I started at Fairfield University. So yeah. um, really it was from a, a recreational standpoint. And, and honestly, that's, that also held me back a little bit in thinking that I could get into coaching because I thought, well, I needed this experience as a player or I needed to be a part of this program or whatever the case was. And it, it took me a little while to get over that. Um, once I realized, hey, you know, I love coaching and I want to get better and I want to learn, um, that that took me a little bit of time to develop to say, hey, I could actually get into coaching and, and do this.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're saying a lot, Coach, in that you had just a straight-up love for what you were doing and you had to kind of, I guess, look past yourself yourself uh, sometimes we have to look at our lack of maybe, uh, experience or street cred or cloud or whatever and know where we belong and say, you know, I, I may not fit the mold that most coaches may have filled, but there's a place for me in this and, and I do belong here. And I think that's what all, you know, every aspiring coach needs to kind of figure out is like, you didn't have to be the greatest player to do this. Cause sometimes the greatest players are not the best teachers and uh, you know, as long as you can teach the game, uh, you know, make adjustments, uh, you know, keep a cool sure. head, uh, and be very resourceful and uh, organized, you can do this. It's it's not it's not brain surgery and it's not rocket science. However, working with people is very very important, and it's uh, it's really missional and it's uh, something that's great. So yeah, I, I appreciate you, everything you said, Coach, because. I think there's a lot of young people out there maybe and, and uh, that are like, hey, man, I want to go into coaching, but I don't have the playing experience. Well, that doesn't matter if, as long as you have the heart to work with people uh, and help people improve, uh, teach them the game, teach them way more than just the game. But, you know, you have that, you're, you're off to a good start. So great stuff, Coach. So you talk about kind of, you know, starting off there at Fairfield. And, uh, you know, who influenced you to kind of go further with it because – you can find out real quick whether you're made for this or not, or you're built for it or not. How, how did you aspire to, to go even further with your coaching career?
1: Well, I, I was really fortunate to, to have a few influences early on, but actually one of my first influences, and, and we're still good friends today, uh, Bob Paul, who coaches, actually is the head coach at Chaminade, uh, the high school I went to. Yeah. Now, um, at the time, so he, he was in a very similar situation as me. He had, he'd gotten cut all four years from the basketball team. Wow. Um, he loved basketball. He learned. He got better. And, and Bob's one of the best coaches that I've ever been around. So I saw a path there where I said, hey, here's here's a guy who was in a very similar situation to me. And I thought he had a great basketball knowledge. He had a really good way of relating to, to his players, um, had a ton of respect. he ended up going on and and he coached with uh, Tim Kloos for a while, who's at Iona. He was with him at Iona for a few years and and LIU post and kind of navigated his ways through the college ranks before coming back um, to the high school scene. And I just said, well, well, there's a guy who I thought was in a very similar situation that I was in and he found a way. So that kind of of opened the door for me a little bit and and certainly had uh, a lot of influence early on. And then when I was at Fairfield, had the opportunity to be around two really influential people. Um, Ed Cooley was the head coach at Fairfield wow. at the time, um, who's, who's now at Providence. Yeah. And you know, Ed, Ed took over the Fairfield program at a time where it was going through um, a, a really big downturn. They had had some bad years. The, the program was in disarray. So seeing how Ed Cooley was able to turn around the program at Fairfield, you know, the way... He just had a presence about him on campus and in a room, the way he engaged students, the the way he recruited um, players and got them to believe in what the vision was in Fairfield and what his vision was for the program. Um, I did a lot of sports broadcasting for the team at the time, so I went on a lot of the road trips with the basketball team. I was always around the program. So I got a very good sense, and they were always great with me in terms of letting me in practice, shoot arounds, giving me any sort of advice that they, they knew, you know, his staff knew that I wanted to get into coaching. So they were always great with me. And at the same time, Rich Lee, who was the head coach at Fairfield Prep, which was the high school right on campus at Fairfield University. Um, he gave me the opportunity for, for my first coaching job. And he allowed me to join their program as an assistant on the varsity and the, and the freshman team. And, you know, I had to work my way into coaching under Rich and Rich and Ed Cooley could not have more different personalities. You know, uh, Ed Ed is, you know, um, extremely outgoing and has a huge presence when he walks in the room and is is emotional and exciting. And Rich is the the most even keeled person I've ever met in my entire life. And, um, but had the whole respect of the Fairfield community. And, ran, you know, he he was one of those guys that was in basketball for the right reasons. You know, he ran the local boys and girls club and, you know, did basketball programs from age five to the high school level and then had his high school program at Fairfield Prep. So I had an opportunity from those people early on just to learn from good guys who were in basketball that all went about it different ways and just loved it and, and wanted to help other young coaches or aspiring coaches have learned. So those are the guys that really got me into it early and, and gave me some of the confidence where, Hey, this is, this is something that I want to pursue and I can pursue.
0: Yeah. So you talk about, you know, first of all, being able to work with Ed Cooley, that's a, it's a big deal. And like you can learn from those who are, and you know, we talked, I guess was, we talked about earlier about, about rising stars in this profession and uh, man, did he did he rise, man? And so to think, your humble beginnings, uh, even like you're talking about for yourself, you know, starting off with the freshman and varsity teams at a high school, and then you know, later on you became a head coach at the high school level. But those are times that man, when you think about it, it's like, man, those are my roots. Those are I got to remember where I came from. Uh, coaching styles, you talked about that. You talked about kind of the contrast in the two coaching styles of the the gentleman you were under. And that is, you know, we can take all that coach or any coaches, really, we can take all that and apply to our coaching style, which is what I love. I really do love it. I remember there's a coach here locally here in San Antonio, uh, Coach John Valenzuela. And uh, I sat behind his bench for years. He didn't even know me. I just sat there, whatever gym he was in, I sat there and I just listened to him respond in timeouts respond at halftime respond in tough times and overtimes and i just watched a bit i I just watched and observed and i put some of that in my coaching style now so there's just a lot to be said for that coach uh, those that have kind of helped you on your way and given you opportunities i I think that's really important for all of us to to really look back and you know and pay maybe not homage in a sense but uh, honor them i think that's really important so you know thank you for sharing that
1: well, so I think one of the, the interesting things that you mentioned that is I, I think a lot of people, you know, gave me the advice, you know, I, I started my first, first year as, as a college coach this year, college head coach this year at, at uh, CCNY at the City College in New York. And a lot of people said, you know, be yourself, you know, be yourself and, you know, find what works for you. And, and what I realized in the course of this year is I don't necessarily know who I am yet. I'm still figuring that out. So you start to, you start to realize some of the things that you really liked in in previous programs or or previous people you had the chance to either observe or or work for. And then now it's very interesting because now I've gone through a year of of being a head coach at this level and I'm starting to grow into my own a little bit. But a a lot of that is, is, as you mentioned, it's, it's pieces of, you know, the coaches that influenced me in the past where it's, you know whether it's demeanor or approach or 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 anything. You know even drills that we're running. But um, I always thought that was interesting because that you know everyone talks about that when you become a coach. You know be be yourself, go about it your own way, and and that takes that takes some time to figure out. Yeah, so sure. um, you know that's been that's been a lot of the journey this year. But it really helped to have people like that in my life that were able to influence me and, and were in coaching for for the right reasons and enjoyed it. That, that's really helpful with
0: the transition Yeah, and we're good at it too that's the ma- that's one of the main things too is, <laughs> it's like man when you can get all that together and you you really got something to look forward to as far as like when it's my turn this is what I'm going to do as well and this is and you learn what not to do sometimes too so that's it's also a plus so coach uh you know our, you talked about your brother kind of being the influencer as far as how you uh, how you were going to conduct yourself on the court and how you're going to play the game and all that but what role did your childhood and upbringing play in your desire to be a leader? Like, because to to lead is one thing, to coach is one thing, and to lead is another. I think. So, so how did your childhood and upbringing play a part in all that?
1: Um, it's a good question, and I don't have an exact answer. Like, you know, when when that happened, or or why I chose to go this way. But I came from a family where um, we had we had a lot of people that were very accomplished in their field so we have some family members who are really talented musicians um you know really talented business people and what i what i learned growing up is just that whatever you're going to do just just be really good at it and enjoy it and you can have a lot of success so even though my family wasn't a, a big athletics family per se they always supported whatever me or my brothers wanted to do, you know, one of my brothers is a doctor now, one of them is is studying to become a a Catholic priest. So we all took very different um, fields, but they just said, whatever you're going to do, do it really, really well. And, and for for me, that kind of opened the door to just find out what I was passionate about and and follow it. The the other part of it, um, my older brother who was, like I said, three years ahead of me in school, actually when he was 16, And he, he had leukemia, he had cancer and he had some really tough struggles with that and and some complications that, that caused, caused her concern that, um, you know, he was either going to be paralyzed or not walk again. And that, that had a huge impact on our lives where we thought basketball for him wasn't going to even be an option again. And his senior year, he was, you know, he wasn't in school for a year and a half. Um, worked his way back, got all of his strength back and made it onto the team his senior year. Wow. And didn't did play didn't play a minute. Didn't play a minute. Um, wasn't close to the player that he was before, but just seeing how the school community respected him, the impact that he had just from being in the layup lines and being on the bench and working as hard as he did in practice and taking everything, um, not taking anything for granted. You know, I saw the impact that he was able to have on the basketball team, the school community, people outside of the community. And that was really inspiring to me of just the impact that you can have when you really go for for something, you overcome adversity, and you keep going for something you're passionate about. So um, I would say, I guess, if anything, you know, that would be the closest thing to a a defining – experience that led me down that road, but, um, that's something I'll, I'll never forget you know, yeah. that time in our lives and, and the impact that he had, um, just on his team without playing a minute, without playing a second, you know, in his high school career on the varsity team, but he was able to have such an overwhelming impact because of his example and the respect they had for what he had gone through and what he was trying to accomplish. So yeah. that's always stuck with me. And, um, yeah, I think that's kind of guided me uh, on a lot of my perspective about basketball and leadership and the impact that we can have.
0: That's strong, Coach. That's super strong, like, and heavy. It's just like, wow, you know, to have that uh, example set. Uh, I mean, it's like right now, right? We go through these turbulent times, but then you go through these unbelievably turbulent times like you're talking about. With your brother's situation, because not he's not the only one that goes through it. The whole family goes through sure. it, and uh, to kind of get through that, the really, really uncertainty and the unknowns that are attached with that, and to come out on top—like who, like at the end of the day—I bet your parents was like, "Who cares if he ever plays like the way he ever did before? Just for him to be on the court, wow, that's a miracle in and of itself. The fact that he's alive, you know, th- those type of." reality checks and like you're saying uh that was that was leading by example that was like I, I have a fortitude uh perseverance about me that i'm just not gonna i'm gonna be relentless in getting back and so yeah that, that'll that definitely light your fire man if it doesn't you you, need yeah, to check your, you gotta check your pulse if that doesn't light you up you really do no question. so so great stuff coach i appreciate you sharing that because that that is i'm not gonna forget that story <laughs> put it that way so good stuff man so, Coach, you know, you talk about, you know, earlier we talked about your, your kind of your coaching experience at the beginning. Uh, do you have the fondest memory of your first time ever coaching, like where you remember like, okay, this is it, I'm coaching, I'm a, I am a coach. Do you have any kind of memory like that?
1: I, I think the the memory that sticks out for me, when, it, when I graduated from Fairfield University, I had been thinking about trying to pursue graduate assistant positions or trying to break into the college profession at that time. And over the winter break of my senior year, I had the opportunity to go on a 10 day trip to Jamaica, West Indies um, a service trip for the, for, for the college. Yeah. And I, I met a couple of alumni at Fairfield, that were part of a program called Passionate Volunteers, which was an international organization where basically you go live in different communities around the world for a year and serve in whatever way uh, makes sense. So I I decided to pursue that because I thought it was an incredible opportunity to move to another country, live in another culture, get out of my comfort zone. And I saw it as a I actually saw that as leaving coaching behind for a little bit because there was no opportunity at the time to coach when I was there. But um, I actually started working at a high school, Black River High School, which is right in southwest Jamaica. And they had a basketball team a few years before I had arrived there that had dismantled – you know, basketball is not the most popular sport there. It's gaining in popularity, but track and field – Cricket and soccer are, are by far the top three yeah. so I, it, it wasn't even in my mind to coach but I got presented with the opportunity to, to try to bring the program back and Start a varsity basketball team there and it was an incredible experience where I had I was calling Rich Lee from from Fairfield Prep and and Bob Paul from Shomnath every day because I had absolutely no idea what I was doing, and I, I was I was trying to I was you know Sorry. trying to teach, teach ball handling and shooting, and then I realized we had a game the next day and we hadn't even done that out of bounds play yet, and uh, you know it was it was uh, an unbelievable experience just to be thrown into the fire yeah. and learn, you know, just, just learn through those experiences, not only the, the basketball barriers, but the cultural barriers of being in a different country and dealing with, with kids and, and a community that grew up very, very differently than I did. Um, that was, that was unbelievable. So we, you know, we actually won, it took us a year, um, but we won our first game at the beginning of my second season there. And it was, it was the most. Unbelievable. It it, it still stands out like it's it's the most unbelievable win I've ever been a part of just because um, You know, they were kids that Had not played basketball before Yeah, maybe maybe one of them had had basketball experience before and you know, they took it on they learned they got better I learned a lot and You know, we found a way to not only have a competitive program, but then start to have some some success so that that experience and, and I still talk to most of those guys who, who are now either you know dads or they have um, you know careers a, a couple are of police officers uh, some other businessmen which is which is pretty pretty neat to talk to them now but yeah. um, you know it, it just it just showed me that I was really passionate about it I wanted to learn and get better and you know that maybe maybe we could you know maybe I could do this you know maybe I could keep this going so oh. Um, that that would be by far my my fondest memory early on, and, and then I've I've been really fortunate. I've, I've been in good situations and have had a lot of great memories since. So yeah. I'm just trying to keep keep as many of those going as I can. Yeah. Um. you know throughout throughout my career.
0: That's a great coach. Yeah. No nah, man, that is a another man. You, you got some good stories, man. And uh, yeah, that's amazing to take that time to go somewhere where you've never been or not uh, used to and had to get acclimated with your surroundings and your surroundings had to get acclimated with you. And uh, so, yeah, that's awesome, man. Really good, really good story, coach. And uh, yeah, I think we can all kind of, you know, some of us can work on the other side of our city or down the street, somewhere we haven't been and maybe feel like we were in Jamaica coaching, you know, just, out of, just, just out of our element. And so, yeah, you, you you always find to make, Make it work if you're that person. And I like the way you like what you said about reaching out to other coaches. Like that's one thing I think more coaches need to do is be vulnerable. Vulnerable enough to make a phone call or text or email, say, hey, I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what I'm doing. I need help. You know, in, in not in so many words, but you get what I'm saying. And so yeah, I think that's a that's a sign too for a lot of coaches that, man, if you if you ever need something, man, just reach out to to appear to somebody you've worked with before. If not, reach out to w- one of the guests or myself that's been on this program and, you know, we'll help you because that's uh, that's really a part of growth is learning what you're not good at. You only know what you know. And you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah, that's really good stuff, Coach. Yeah. appreciate that. So, yeah, uh, you know, we talked about some of your past experiences and all that, but what would you say, you know, your time at, at, at the programs that you've been at and, uh, and experiences you had within those programs, how have they prepared you now to be a head coach?
1: The number one thing I've learned from it, you're talking about how um, you know you just mentioned that it's sometimes challenging to, to to reach out to other coaches and learn how to get better. Right? I mean the two the two things I can say have been consistent for all the guys I've had a chance to either work with or for. Um, so far, is that I've worked for guys that that genuinely care, like yeah, you know, as as much as you possibly can for for their players and guys who always wanted to get better. So, you know, I, I came from a Saint Thomas Aquinas program last year, Division Two program up here. Who I worked for, Tobin Anderson, who you know, we went to the Sweet Sixteen last year. Is another year twenty five and seven this year before the season unfortunately got cut off and um, that that's a guy who's been a head coach for nineteen years but he still comes in the office every day of hey I have, I have a good idea of what this program is about what we want to do but I'm always open to learn and to to grow yeah. and he's he's always asking people for. for for input and he's always trying to learn about different systems and um, different things that coaches are doing it was the same for me at John Jay it was the same for me um you know at the high school level as well so that that was was really important for me because I worked for people that that were vulnerable enough to say hey listen I, I I do understand who I am as a coach and what I want to do but at the same time like I just love it and I'm trying to get better and that, you know, we have to keep adapting and keep changing yeah. um, in certain ways to, to adjust to the game. Now now that doesn't mean that everything has to constantly change, but just open to the ideas that, Hey, maybe there's a better way to do this or yeah. there, there's a way I can get better. So that's helped me a lot because I know even now it's going to be a process for me as I have gone into my first year and then, as, as we're continuing to build the program here at CCNY, um, I've, I've learned this year that there, there's a lot more that I don't know. <laughs> and um, there, there's a lot more that I need to learn. But um, the one thing that's been consistent is if you, you care about your players and you're consistently doing everything you can to try to get better, those two things are going to get you pretty far. And those are the biggest things I've learned from the guys that I've worked with um, who, who all coached differently, all had different demeanors, all had different styles. Those two things across the board were, were very consistent. So that helped me when I became a head coach where I said, okay, we have to make sure that we're here for our players, whether that's my staff, um, our, our support staff around the athletics department and myself, we have to make sure we're available and we care about our players so they understand that everything we're doing is in, in their best interest and in the team's best interest, and I'm going to come in every day trying to get better, and, and I expect the same from them. Yeah. So, th- those are the two things that we've really tried to get across to our players about the program here so far. But those have been the two things that have helped me as I've transitioned to becoming head coach.
0: That's a great coach, and he's you, you know, you, you say a lot when you say those things, coach, because you know, I, I vulnerability being able to admit to yourself, uh, because you know better than anybody else what's going on, you know, inside yourself. And the only way your program's gonna get better is when you're willing to take that first step and say, I've got a problem, I don't know this, I'm not, I gotta learn. For, man, to be lifelong learners is really, you know, here again, you said, you had, you had examples of coaches that came in and said, I, I, what do y'all got for me? What do you got for me? And that's a sign of a great leader uh, who just doesn't have subordinates. But has those who are he's going to lock arms with and uh, and take their input because it's it's hard in leadership sometimes having been a head coach for years now uh, sometimes it's hard for me to get input at times and that's not because I don't care about the, my staff or, or anybody else it's just I'm stubborn too at times and I said, no we're going to do it this way uh, but it takes real maturity and it takes real here again that vulnerability and self awareness to say. No, I'm gonna listen because that's good right there. That's better than what I thought. So yeah, yeah. that's good stuff, Coach, and, and I'm sure the program will grow as a result uh, of that because that's the, that's the. There's no perfect way to do it, but there's a wrong way to do it, uh, and that's not the wrong. Mm-hmm. Way, and that's not the wrong way. So it's good, Coach. Yeah. So how how do you add value to the program, Coach? That you're at in the institution as a whole because I, I know there's always a perception sometimes by the staff, the admin. Wow, these these athletic coaches, man, they're just this, that, and a third at some programs. Not to say that it's like that at yours, but how do you add value?
1: Well, I was reading yesterday, actually, with some of the spare time that we have here. It, it was the 70th anniversary of the city college basketball team. That so, so the city college team actually used to be Division One, um, and. They're the only team in history to ever win the NCAA tournament and the NIT tournament in the same year, wow. and, and that was the, the 70th anniversary yesterday. Um, and what was remarkable uh, just about about reading that and and reading the book and, and starting to get into it a bit, there there's so many things that are similar about the school now and back then in terms of how athletics were perceived um city College is, is known as you know it, it's known for its social mobility and its diversity and providing opportunities to the students that may otherwise not have those opportunities which was one of the intriguing things about coming here yeah. but but basketball and athletics i think can help expand and and show that message of what the school is about and just everything that has to offer i can't tell you the number of recruits that we've had on campus this year that have come out and and are absolutely stunned by how beautiful the campus is that we actually have a campus right in the middle of new york city and it's just even in terms of Spreading the word on on how great an institution is, I think we add a ton of value. And it, the conversation that that we always have in administration, whether it's with um, our vice president, our athletic director, or, or the president, is is we all we all have the same goals. We all want to bring motivated students here that that fit the college. We want to have a higher graduation rate. We want to retain those students, um, and we want them to have a great experience. So. For me, you know, men's basketball here is, you know, the, I guess the most popular sport um, outside of, of the college in terms of the image of the school. So for me, it's, a, it's an awesome opportunity just to highlight how great the school is and just get people here and understanding what we're about. Um, but at the same time, just understanding that like we all have the same goals in mind. Like we want to get great students in here. Um, we you know, in athletics, the graduation rates are extremely high because you have students that are, are playing basketball for four years and we're able to kind of push them to, to get their degree in four years as well. So from that end of it, um, I think we're we're very much in sync with what the program can do to promote the university. And like I mentioned at, at the beginning, you know, that 1950 team, I mean, they wrote a book about them this year. They, You know, we have a, an exhibit up in the Museum of the City of New York. Right now, um, there, there have been articles published about it. Not saying our program now is anywhere close to what what that program was, but every time something is published or something comes out about that team, it sheds a new light on the school that might not have been there before, and, and I think that's that's really powerful. So maybe you know, maybe maybe we're not able to do that in the way that that team was able to, um, but just have the opportunity to do that and to kind of shed light on what a great school it is. Yeah, Um, And and that's awesome. And that that makes my job easier because I'm supporting a school that I, I believe in its mission and I believe what the school is about. So when I'm talking to recruits, uh, I'm talking about a place that I genuinely believe in. And I think that's really important.
0: Yeah, no, I, 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 when I look at programs uh, like for instance, like a high school program come growing up, you know, I, I was like, I want to go to a high school that has tradition. Just tradition's everything to me and within that setting when it comes to athletics and, you know, just the culture of the school. Uh, and I think that's part of it, what you're talking about, the history is like, man, you can kind of integrate that into your culture in that, hey, look, there's something great happened here in 1950, and it's 2020, whatever, 21 and beyond uh, great things can happen again. And so, you know, but here again, coach, it just speaks to being like-minded with your leadership. And if you're all in the same kind of mindset about what you want to do to help young people and provide opportunities and provide, uh, you know, outlets like athletics and, uh, man, that's great. That's you're, you're doing right. You're doing right by, by your student body and, and with the institution because, uh, you know, people have, people are really wary about institutions nowadays. Cause it's like, it's just business. It's just, you know, to make money. And, and when you can find an institution that really cares about you and is going to make the best use of the, the money you're sending them and uh, has you in mind with every, or maybe not every move, but with the, with enough uh, moves that they make. Uh, that's a great thing, coach. So yeah, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm glad you shared that. Cause I think there's a, there's some ads that listen up, that listening too and, even some presidents and uh, maybe they're kind of reaching for like, okay, how do I need to, you know, set things up, set up, set up my infrastructure from a mental standpoint, how do I get people to buy in mentally? And then it goes to their hearts and they actually do it. So yeah, good stuff, man. So, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, at the onset about kind of the times we're in right now, you being in the the epicenter of it all, unfortunately there in New York city. Uh, How are you navigating through these times right now?
1: It's a it's a day day by day process um we're the the most basic way we're trying to do it is just making sure that all of our all of our players are one following the the regulations that have been set forth here um I think unfortunately we're we're realizing how how very serious it is with with our area being hit a bit harder than others right now um and the other thing too again is just you know people are going to get better or worse in this time and and you know once you're you know your family's safe and you're doing everything you can to keep them safe it's it's like okay this is going to be our new reality for a little bit and it's it, it and and mike i'll be really honest like it's it taking me some time to adjust and, and yeah. figure that out you know and yeah. um what, what's my routine going to be you know how am i we we, we talked before about Um, you know, getting to some things that that maybe necessarily, um, you haven't been able to do before, but, um, I I think it's really important to get into a consistent routine and and kind of adjust how you're going to be productive. So for us, it's been, you know, FaceTiming with, with the guys being really active in the group chat and working with them individually to say, Hey, here's your strength and conditioning plan from us. Here is your basketball plan. Here is your academic plan you know, what's your routine going to be and how you're going to go about it. So yeah. having them actually work with us to construct those routines, which we're in the process of now, um, I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping that gives them, you know, some sense of structure that they can hold themselves pretty accountable to. But the, the biggest thing for me right now is just us staying connected, you know, and just making yeah. sure they, they, they know we're here. Um, yeah, I know yesterday, I mean, Yesterday I realized I hadn't been outside all day and you know, the only person I I interacted with was, was my wife, you know, which which is not a bad thing. Yeah, but you wrong can that. go through hmm. you can you can you can go through some days here all of a sudden and realize you've had very little interaction um, with other people, especially especially face to face interaction. So we're trying to get our guys on Zoom or FaceTime or, or anything that um, kind of get them get them out of bed and, and get them talking to their teammates or talking to coaches and that's the best thing, but, but we're still trying to figure it out as well. You know, just how long this is gonna be. It, yeah. it seems like the timeline keeps getting stretched a little bit further. And, you know, the biggest thing is just staying healthy and, and keeping in touch with those guys. So yeah. so they know what we're here for. Um, the academic part is shifting. Professors are figuring out how to teach some of their classes online and adjust. Um, so it's a new thing for everybody. So we're just trying to navigate it, but, um, it's, it's definitely a challenge.
0: Yeah, no, I'm sure. You know, you've got, uh, you know, you've got guys out there that are trying to figure out like, am I at risk to the degree that I should completely just start worrying? Should I make sure I go get tested? I mean, there's all kinds of things that go through these young men's mind and maybe even your staff. Uh, and your office staff and you know that's the thing with these with programs when you're the head coach uh, you have more than just your basketball team to be concerned with there's a whole program beneath you if you will uh, because everything falls on you at first and uh, so you got to be very mindful thoughtful cognizant and aware and vigilant sometimes even about what's coming down the pike if you will so yeah it's it's a lot it's a lot to 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 think about consider and all that but I think if you have the, here again, the right mindset and the right skill set as far as crisis management, all that stuff. You, like, I like the way you said about staying connected. If you stay connected with, I mean, that's kind of always the thing, isn't it, coach? Like, even in the off season, you know, where guys are feeling like, man, I wonder who I would, if the coach even loves me anymore. He always talks about family. He always talks about dad. Does he even care about me? You know, and they've been playing 2K all day and, you know, whatever, right? Or been with their girlfriend all day. Like, well, she don't like me anymore. Does Coach even like me? You know, so those are the things I think, you know, young people think about. And and, and rightfully so, because we're all creatures uh, that need, and maybe not creatures maybe in the right world, but we're all, we're all uh, human beings and we all need connection. I think that's really the biggest thing every human being needs is to be connected. So I'm glad you said that, and I'm glad you're doing that. Because that's really uh, uh, kind of at the core of who we are as individuals. Uh, we couldn't do this thing alone. So, uh, Coach, and it kind of leads me to our next question about mental health. Uh, sure. How important is that, that perspective? Because I, I'm, I'm just a huge proponent of properly uh, guiding mental health or, you know, bringing people into, here again, mindfulness, thoughtfulness, intentionality. Uh, how important is mental health not only for your players but for your coaching staff as well?
1: I think it's extremely important and I'll be the first to tell you that I probably don't know nearly as much about what I could be doing with it as, as you know, I I would like, um, I think some of it is being open, open enough where people think they can come through your door and tell you if if something's bothering them or, or feel that it's a safe environment for them to, to, to be themselves, and uh, one of the we have some speakers that come through um, at, at the beginning of the year, and, and we try to structure it throughout the year. Uh, it's different people. We, we've had um, some some Division one coaches come in. We've had some alumni come in. Uh, very different people, and, and I was really surprised that a friend of mine, um, John Tessator, who runs a, a nonprofit foundation dealing with, with mental mental health and and dealing with anxiety he came in to speak to our guys and, and i really didn't know how that conversation was going to go yeah. um if they would be open and they would be willing to discuss or, or would they be willing to say certain things in front of their teammates and i was i was absolutely shocked by how into it the guys were how open they were yeah. um how willing they were to, to participate and then and then my biggest surprise is that a few guys on our team actually asked for John's contact afterwards and and stayed in touch with him throughout the season That's and great. That's great that, that was that was a you know kind of an eye-opening thing for me because i i, I thought he I said hey maybe maybe we'll you know become closer as a team maybe it's something that will help us with our chemistry and you start to think of some of the on the court stuff and and how it fits together with the team but yeah what it turned into for us was having another person that they trusted in our program. That was in a different capacity than me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause, Cause a lot of guys don't want to come to the head coach with certain things. So they, they might go to an assistant they have a good relationship with or, or somebody that's connected to the program, but it really helped us because it showed our guys that, Hey, we, like we, we care about this. This is important to us. And, we gave them kind of the outlet to do that. I didn't know we were doing that at the time, but it kind of just, we actually sat down as a staff last week and we we're evaluating the season. And that was one of the things where we said, hey, we have to take another step in the positive direction and learn how we can kind of incorporate these opportunities for guys um, in, in our program, not just you know one talk or one meeting at the beginning of the year. But, and, and, then, and then once you do that and you introduce those opportunities, you know, I, I think it naturally just makes your, your team closer and it makes it a better environment. But um, I'll, I'll be the first to admit I have a lot to learn. Um, but it, I think it's becoming much more prevalent that coaches are seeking out those opportunities and, yeah. and want to learn about it. And that's, that's a huge step.
0: Yeah, no, you, you uh, again, goes back to what I said earlier about you you don't know what you don't know. And, uh, you know, I think that's, that's a component. I think most programs, like you said, are starting to, you know, get to, uh, just knowing that I've just, i me working with as many young people as I have for as long as I have, uh, this generation and then the generations to come are going to need more of an emphasis on mental health than ever. And, um, there's too many things by, you know, looking for their time and trying to, uh, take their, their attention away and you know getting too too busy with so many different things uh, that they need to find a place of uh, solace place of focus you know a place of peace and I just think they don't even realize they're looking for that <laughs> at times and yeah. so it's just really really important so yeah coach I, I appreciate you saying that man I just I need to do better because that's you're again that vulnerability man that, it'll take you really far so, Coach, I know, you know, your wife, Danielle, yourself there in the city and, and kind of what you go through on a day-to-day, your traveling, your your schedule, you know, it's uh, that's a sacrifice in and of itself because you're away or, or whatnot. But what are some of the biggest sacrifices that you made to be where you're at today?
1: Sure. I, I think any time we talk about that, I, I have to talk about Danielle and, and our – Relationship. I mean, she she's a a big part of the reason that I was able to leave. I, I was a high school teacher um, at my alma mater for for three years before deciding that I wanted to try to get into the high school the, the college ranks and you know g- give it a shot to be a full time coach. And that meant taking um, you know basically basically a volunteer opportunity at John Jay College, which uh, I was extremely grateful for but it did mean some changes to our, our lifestyle. It did mean, um, you know, financially that we had to adjust. Yeah. And I think the biggest, biggest challenge was when you throw that in with kind of the uncertainty of the, the future, you know, of, of when is that going to be a consistent paycheck or when is it going to be, you know, when am I going to be at a, a school or in a program where maybe you know, that's a place that I'm thinking of staying for, for two, three, four years. Um, I, I think that was a major challenge. So, so we sacrificed, you know, some of the financial security, we, we certainly could have had if, if I had a different job or I stayed at teaching. And then as you mentioned that the time component is, is tough. I mean, she, she, she has a, a great job that's extremely demanding. Um, she's an assistant district attorney for the city here, wow. so um, so she's you know she's way busier than me sometimes. Um, but but just just sort of figuring out how to make sure we have time for each other and it's quality time um, be, because there's so much less of it because we're both going after what we want to do and and we both are, are kind of restricted time wise. It's Kind of made us uh, really think more about how we're going to spend our time and, and what we're going to do more together. So, in, in a way, that makes us appreciate the time more. But um, you know, those two things—the the financial sacrifice and, and kind of the uncertainty of when you're going to get to a consistent place—like those, those are those are challenging. You know, when you're when you're in a relationship. So that was that was tough for me, but I was happy that. You know, it kind of worked out. You know, worked out for me for now, and um, we both love what we're doing, and, and that's that's really important to us. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm really I'm really lucky that I'm in a relationship like that.
0: Yeah, and she stuck around, man. That's good. You know, because I heard that from a lot of coaches. Man, like, we went through this, we went through that, and man, she stuck around. And that's the thing is, you know, you talked about kind of earlier about you know interaction with just her. That's great, man. Like all of a sudden now we get to really, I don't know know if we get to know more than we ever have because some of us have been knowing our wives for a long time and our partners for a long time. So it's just, there's always something to learn though. It really is. There's always something to learn about each other. And that's the beauty of relationships. First of all, second of all, when it's the person that you said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, man, it's even more growth. It's even more development. You know, we're, 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 uh, we're growing and that's great, man. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that because yeah, not everybody's situation works out so great in the sense that uh, they're both kind of, you're in same mind, same goals. It's, it's really good coach. Thank you for sharing that. So, you know, sure. we talked about your career, kind of some of the stuff you've been through and great experiences and kind of the, the learning curve that you've had at times, but What have you learned about yourself coach throughout your career
1: i've learned that i have a a long long ways to go um in in terms of learning a long ways to go um and but i I also learned that i i like what i love what i do now so i'm yeah i think when when i was a teacher i grew an appreciation for the teachers that were really good at their jobs and i understood that they were really good at their jobs because they really enjoyed what they were teaching. Yeah. And, you know, in, in in basketball and in a lot of professions, you know, it's becoming much less nine to five now, jobs. It's, it's becoming much more demanding. Um, I, I think you can be really good at something if you love what you're doing, you know, because you keep wanting to get better, you keep learning, you keep looking for those opportunities. So I definitely learned that I love it and uh, you know i love connecting with the players uh, i love learning about how to be a better coach and, and i want to be a better coach and i learned that i'm going to be really persistent in, in pursuing that and uh, for me i think the biggest motivation is do, trying to do something you enjoy and doing it really well and uh, that that kind of leads you to having a, a life that's Enjoyable, you know, in addition to the relationships that you have with your family and your friends um, I think that's what everybody wants, you know to be able to have an impact Keep learning in a the field they want to be in and enjoy their career. So for me I've learned that I love it and I, I want to keep doing it and I have a long way to go So I'm just gonna keep trying to learn as much as I can and, and stay in the business And I, I don't like going it business but stay in the, in the field um, for as long as I possibly can.
0: Yeah, you know coach some of it is business, uh, but a lot of it to me, you know, yeah, you have to deal with the business end of it, obviously, but some of it is business and most of it is just like you said, enjoying your career. I mean, you're in this thing, right? For the long haul, better enjoy it. You better enjoy I mean,
1: it. The boy, I, I, I was thinking about the other day when I, I was reading that book about CCNY. So how, how awesome, how awesome is it that I get to go to a place like this? Like I never thought, a few years ago i'd be a head coach at the college level now and yeah. to be in a place like that with history and to do that every day like that's yeah i mean beyond what i thought i would be doing right now
0: yeah no you're part of that legacy you know you you may be you know a little you weren't in the 50s or in the 60s or the 80s even <laughs> but you're part of that legacy man and that's what a tradition here again means so much to me legacy means a lot to me which leads me to my next question Although I know you're just starting, man, and I know you're, you've got a long ways to go, you know, and, and, and you've got a lot of good things to still experience and enjoy in your career. Uh, I just want to ask you, Coach, and, and and here again, it's a working legacy. It's not something that you think about every day, but when you stop and you think about what do I want to be said of me, because I think that's really important. Because we talked a little bit earlier about your relationship with your wife. I think all the time, like, you want to know who somebody is, go ask their wife, go ask their partner, Hmm. go ask their spouse, go ask their kids. Then you get to find out who that person really is. But of your players, Coach, and of those that have worked with you, what would you want to be said of you when your career is all said and done?
1: I I think I want people to say that I'm I'm genuine in, in terms of, might care for them and helping them to, to be the best player or the best student person that they could be at the time that I'm lucky enough to, to work with them. And honestly, I also want to be seen as a, as a, as a winner someone who's really successful yeah. in my profession, because I do think there is it winning isn't everything, but just being successful in terms of, having a contending program, becoming a, becoming a program, becoming a place where um, players want to come play. They, they want that experience. They want to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and being in a place where they know people are going to care about you and have your best interest in mind. Like that's, I, I want to be someplace where, where, you know, I leave that place our staff leaves that place, whatever it is at the end of my career. And like to say we had the impact where we made that program better. We made the student experience better. And then, they're they're guys that I stay in touch with. Uh, that it's it's not just there for for four years. Like I'm excited to see what all these guys do after, you know, and and what they become and who they marry and you know what they end up doing with their careers and their lives. So um, for me, I, I just want to be seen as a, a successful coach that genuinely cared about his players and you know did everything he could to could compete and win and and and, and run a good program. So that that's that's i mean that's really it for me
0: that's great coach coach i really do thank you for your time i appreciate you being on uh you know during these times that are just wild and outrageous and crazy uh i really do appreciate you coming on man and sharing your perspective with us
1: mike thank you again for having me I, I think you do a tremendous job I had a chance to, to listen to a bunch of, of your your other guests and Just really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to come out.
0: No, thank you, Coach.